Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Brian Tripp, your host of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. And we have a great episode for you today as we welcome back one of the all-time greats for Penn State field hockey, former Nittany Lion All-American, and now Penn State field hockey assistant coach, Laura Gebhardt. You'll love this conversation with Laura. We talk about why she got into coaching and what it's like to be back at Penn State. So without further ado, here is Laura Gebhardt, this week's guest on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Well, a first-time guest here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics, and she's back in Happy Valley. That's Penn State field hockey assistant coach, Laura Gebhardt. Laura, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate the invite. So excited to be here. Is it strange being introduced as a coach now this time around in Happy Valley? A little bit, a little bit especially with the Penn State moniker attached to that. So, yeah, a little bit of a a shift there, but very excited about that new title. You've had an experience as a coach at several stops before coming back to Penn State, but what has the experience been like this time, just through the first couple weeks, couple months of getting back on campus? You know, it's just a a slightly different perspective being on the other end. Um, But it's been, I mean, it's been great. Uh, It's so, there's a familiarity to it, but now it's just getting a peek behind the curtain. What I always perceived as a student athlete, understanding all the work that goes behind, you know, the magic that you, you receive as the student athlete, getting to understand all the hard work that goes on, you know, on the other side. Has there been something that's been a surprise so far that maybe you thought you knew about Shar and the way she runs her program that you've already figured out, wow, I was, I was out of touch with that thing. No, you know, it's, I think it's been a really special experience of getting to experience both Shar and LB, yeah. you know, just from a different perspective. Um, I think no crazy surprises there. It's more getting to know them as peers rather than as one of their athletes, which is really special and at times comical. Um, I think helping them navigate some of the technology pieces, which they fully, you know, own up to and understand, but it's, it's a, a gift to get to work with them in a different capacity. So what led to the decision to come back to Penn State and why was this opportunity as you go on as a player, when you're recruited, you try to find something that's the right fit for you. And you know that now being on the other side and doing the recruiting. So why was this stop the right fit for you in your career as well? Yeah, so I was on an interesting path with my coaching career. You know, I, I decided a little bit later in, I guess, my professional pathway that I wanted to go into coaching. Um, and at my previous institution, Bryant University in Rhode Island, um, you know, I started out as the assistant coach and got thrown into the head coach position in just kind of a chaotic way uh, through COVID and just some unexpected turns. Um, and I realized as a coach, I wanted some more mentorship and some learning before I knew I could serve my student athletes in the best way possible, especially as a head coach. Um, So I think I was at a kind of a juncture in my career where I still wanted to do some learning and, um, 
you know, be under a coach with more experience. And bring, coming back to Penn State with Char and LB was just an incredible opportunity to do so. And so while I was given this opportunity to be a head coach, run my own program, to come back to Penn State, it gave me this opportunity to come into a program where I knew and understood the culture and the values. And it gave me this, you know, beautiful opportunity to learn within an institution that has a lot of resources, um, has the opportunity to work with and teach student athletes at a really high level. Um, so there were so many pieces to it, um, you know, let alone the personal aspects of getting to coach with people I truly love, being close to my family. It offered this professional opportunity um, that, you know, just opens a lot of doors for me just in terms of development and and learning and growth, which is really cool. Whether it's relating to the current student athletes or quote unquote selling a place that you're passionate about and really love, how much does the familiarity, and I know you're really just getting your foot in the door, but how much does the familiarity with Penn State help you and make you more comfortable in this role? Yeah, I think it's because I've I've been here and that love for Penn State is so genuine. Um, with other schools, it's a kind of a learning curve of, okay, understanding what this school is about, understand what this program is about. How do I sell this to student athletes um, and to recruit um, in a way that is genuine? And for me to do that, I, I need to have a true understanding. So to do that for Penn State, you know, it's, there is no learning curve. I understand the value and I believe in the value of Penn State and about this program. And I can speak from the heart when I'm when I'm talking to recruits that, you know, I made this decision years ago. And, you know, with hindsight now, I can say with, you know, conviction that this was the right choice for me for all these reasons. And I can speak to all these assets that Penn State has. And so, you know, there's just, it's just a different conversation that I would have at other institutions where, you know, it's a little bit of fake it till you make it at other places uh-huh. because, you know, I didn't choose that school as a student athlete with Penn State. It's totally different. You know, I chose this school and now I chose the school as a coach um, and I can do a little bit more of, I don't know, selling from a genuine place. Uh, what I am talking to recruits and really speak to all the values that Penn State has. What was it that sold you on Penn State way back when? I'm going to date you here, but way back when to your high school days, and I'm not trying to age you, you're still young, but way back when, <laughs> when you were choosing Penn State, what made it attractive as a student athlete? Yeah, it was this combination for me um, from the athletic side, being able to compete at a high level. Big Ten to me is just this really physical, mm-hmm. gritty conference. Um, and that spoke to me as a player, um, but also the academic side was really important to me. And I think the opportunities that Penn State has, just in terms of the breadth of opportunities, um, but the Honors College was a big pool for me. Um, and then the community, you know, the sense of place and the support that you feel as a student athlete here was really important. And now stepping away a bit more and having experience or just seeing other programs, I have recognized how special um, the Penn State field hockey program is. Um, I always felt that as a student athlete and as an alumna, but I, I never knew how kind of unique that is, mm-hmm. um, that 
how much Shar and LB really care about their their athletes and that that love is genuine and that they really truly care about their athletes coming through. Um, and of course, they're you know challenging them and us every day, but it's from this really like wonderful place that you know she cares about you. Um, and I think that little that little nugget is really really unique and I think more unique than I realized. Um, so I, I feel like the stars aligned when I chose Penn State. You know, it wasn't an easy process for me to choose. Um, but now I can say with conviction that that was, that was the right choice. And it was this combination of so many things that drew me here. Whether it's the Penn State field hockey complex that looks a little different from when you played, and hopefully in the next couple of years here, it looks way different down the line. Campus, new buildings, downtown, high rises everywhere. Did you need a map to get around State College and Penn State when you got back again? Did you recognize the place? That is so funny. Um, yes and no. You know, there's always <laughs> those places that stay the same. And so it's like, okay, that's that's the same. And oh, oh my goodness, that is different. Um, so it's, it's cool to come back. And, you know, I know a lot, lot of alums have experienced this with, coming back for, you know, different games or different events, homecoming, and you kind of, you know, if you haven't been here for a few years, you're like, holy crap, like, the, the, a whole lot has changed, um, but a whole lot has remained the same, so it's always that balance, um, but it is always amusing to see, oh, that crazy, awful place I lived for one year, how did that happen? Oh, that's now a, a you know, a high rise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the change is incredible, um, and I'm so, you know, so excited about the field hockey complex and just seeing how that's evolved over the past few years. Um, and it's really, it's always been a special place, but now the image is starting to reflect that as well. And I'm pumped that we can continue to build on that and hopefully have this incredible, you know, nationally renowned stadium in a few years. I think that is, that would be just absolutely wonderful. The funny thing you mentioned that because I went to Penn State and I graduated in 2011, but I lived in East in 2007 and the dorms, the concrete was falling off the side and now I go by East and it's like palatial suites. I felt like you had to earn your rights as a student living in the dorms without air condition and you were sharing a bathroom with 40 other guys on the floor and there's like two bathrooms. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm envious or maybe the students need that to, to mature. I don't know what, what the right answer is. I had the same reflection. I was like, oh man, they have it good. Because <laughs> we would always stay there for preseason and it was just, you know. <laughs> you can say it. It was a little... It was a little rundown. Oh my god! Historic. Yes. So it like, was historic, oh man. right? And I feel like, oh my gosh, more and more like an old person of like, oh man, in our day we had to stay in these awful dorms, and now they're air conditioned, and oh my god, they're nice. Mm-hmm. I was like, you guys have no idea. Oh man, incredible. Just because you're an All Big Ten selection, four-time All-American, successful as a team when you played here at Penn State, that doesn't necessarily, the best players don't always necessarily make the best coaches. So what is it about your skill set that you think makes you a good coach, or at least you hope to grow into being a great coach one day? Right. Um, I, you know, I, think, I feel like it is a, a similar approach to how I approach being a player and being a teammate. And to me, it's about, you know, empowering the one, the people around me. And, you know, that's how, what it was always about when I was a player, you know, the personal or the individual accolades 
you know, they are what they are. Cool. You know, there's some plaques in my parents' basement. <laughs> but what brought real value to me is getting to work with and play with some phenomenal people mm-hmm. and, you know, getting to lift them up and allow them to lift me up, um, both, you know, metaphorically and literally. Um, I'd say literally because we did the program when I was a student athlete here, um, there was a portion in the pool and Brian, I am not a good swimmer. So I had some teammates literally lifting me up out of the pool. Um, but you know, that experience of being a good teammate, I think translates to being a, you know, a servant coach, a servant leader. And I think some of those skills and those, you know, traits, translate to being a coach um and I you know always aspire to be a good coach a great coach and to me that's putting the student athletes first in a way that's empowering them not necessarily you know putting them first in a way that you know caters to their every whim it's about challenging them meeting them where they are empowering them and helping them find their confidence and being the best person athlete you know, student they can possibly be. I see that as my role. And I saw that my, as my role as a teammate. Um, and so for me to kind of transition to coaching, it felt very familiar. It was just, you know, just a different perspective, I guess, or a different place I'm coming from rather than being their peer. I'm just a coach. Um, but a lot of the language and a lot of the behavior is the same. You mentioned the aspirations to be a really good coach. Did you always have an aspiration, though, to be a coach in the first place? Not at all. (laughs) I, um, you know, right after um, my time at Penn State, I was with the U.S. team for a little while. um, And when that came to an end, I was really just contemplating what my future looked like, you know, with or without field hockey. And so I went into economic development, which pertained to my my uh, degree at Penn State and I pursued that for a few years and that was really you know exciting and fulfilling um but I I think my love for field hockey came back with a roar (laughs) and my path into it was through coaching um there's limited playing opportunities in the United States for older players and I say older just being post-college Um, And so that was my way to get back into the game. And, um, you know, I I knew I would enjoy it. I don't think I realized how much I would enjoy it. Um, And so I coached high school for a few years. Um, And then when I shifted jobs and started doing some economic development work in Vermont, I volunteered with the University of Vermont. And I think that's when the bug really bit of, wow, this is something I... I want to be doing full time and holy moly, there's a career in coaching. What a wonderful opportunity. And so I started to pivot then. And I think I needed that step away from field hockey um, to really come into this love of coaching. And so I really appreciate the pathway I took. Um, but I never I never expected my you know, my career to be in coaching and I never thought about that as a, a student. And so it's just kind of, it's funny how this, this path took me back to here and also to the game and to a coaching, coaching position. So if you weren't coaching, would you still be using that degree and working in economic development? What else would you be doing if you weren't coaching? Ooh, I think I probably would still be doing economic community development. 
it's funny. I feel like that uh, profession has a lot of parallels to athletics where you're working on a team and you're trying to lift others up and um, empower people. And um, I really enjoy that kind of work and I find value in working with others. So I think I would still be in that realm. Um, I think I always had this kind of passion idea in my mind that I would love to meld the two you know, worlds of athletics and community development. And who knows, maybe the future that still lies in my future. Um, but I think if I wasn't coaching, it would still be, you know, at this crossroads of community development, you know, working with young women, working in athletics. Um, I think it would somehow I would find my way in there if I wasn't coaching right now. Well, I can tell you love it. You've been smiling so far through the entire interview and, uh, you left campus in 2015. If I told you in 2015 that Coach Charmorette would still be here in 2021, definitely, right? No doubt about it. She's here for life. Right, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> what makes her a special coach? Because you had the experience as a student athlete. I think it's Char's passion for Penn State, mm-hmm. um, but also for you know the game for field hockey. That is infectious. She wouldn't have, she she wouldn't be coaching as long as she has been if she wasn't passionate about what she's doing. And I think that is like shined through in how she leads this program. I think that's a core piece to it. Um, and like I mentioned before, her love of her mm-hmm. players um, is really, really special too. Um, there's a genuine care for the people who come through her program. And you can use it. Sometimes you feel that as a student athlete and sometimes you, it takes a few years removed to understand just the, the depth and complexity of that relationship. Um, but I think it's always um, clear that she cares about her players. And I, again, just that's really special. Um, and I think that's, you know, ingrained in the Penn State culture too, that there's authenticity and genuine care here. I see her out running around campus occasionally. Can you keep up with her? No. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot keep up with her. Uh Man, I could barely keep up with her as a player now. Oh, my goodness. All right, joking aside, let's shift gears and talk just briefly about this year's team. I know it's early, but what are your initial impressions? And now as a team, how does the Penn State field hockey team grow and improve as weeks go by and the year goes on? Yeah, so my initial impression is that this group is a group of competitors. And it's been so joyful watching them compete and just grind it out at practice and, you know, really fight for the ball. Um, I think another piece is their, you know, I guess I want to say it's almost like a return Mm -hmm. of their love of the game. Um, And I think a few things play into that. I think coming through COVID in the past year, really tough, really hard. And that's a lot of pressure on them and a lot of different things they had to go through. And so, you know, removing some of those stressors and some of that pressure, they've been, you know, given this permission to really enjoy themselves and have less stressing them out, I guess. Um, so that's been cool to see. And I think they feel this positivity within the team um, that is a bit new. Um, and I don't think they've experienced in the past couple of years. And I think they're energized by that of just some really positive folks on the team, positive leaders. And just this energy. So you get to feel that at practice. And that's been, you know, a real um, blessing to step into and to observe. Uh, I think going forward, uh, this is a group that is eager to learn and to develop. 
And so from a coaching perspective, that's been, that's been fun. I think I bring a new um, perspective just from a tactical sense of how we look at the game a little differently from kind of a, a more expanded view of, you know, how are we looking at our opponent's press? How are we looking at our opponent's outlet? How are we then, you know, curating our press and outlet around different opponents? And so it's been fun to see them willing to be, to learn and to listen and to ask questions. So that's really cool. And I think that's going to kind of put them into this new realm of play. They're bringing the energy and the competitiveness. And as a coaching staff, we're just going to continue to challenge them and to start to expand their their brains and their hockey IQ. And I think that's going to be a really cool combination, especially as we get deeper into the season. And as you get closer and closer to the Big Ten, which will be here before you know it, what makes the Big Ten such a tough league to compete in, especially when you have teams like Maryland right down the road uh, joining the Big Ten now? And they joined right when you were a student athlete. That's right. They did. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like they're joining the Big Ten with such a, you know, is such a great case study of, you know, how the Big Ten is different from some other mm-hmm. uh, conferences. And because the Big Ten is so physical. And I think when Maryland first joined, when they showed up uh, when I was here, you know, it was a bit of a shock to their system. You know, coming from the ACC, which is a bit more finesse, uh, Big Ten is a lot of muscle. <laughs> and, you know, you know, sometimes you get pushed to the ground and so how you fight through that. So that still remains true um, to this day. And I think competing in the Big Ten, it's going to be some physical matchups um, heading into, I think, our first first Big Ten matchup is early October. But whatever, soon, soon we'll be heading into Big Ten. I think another, like, layer of complexity is we're – I feel like in the past few years, the Big Ten has become really tactically sophisticated. Mm-hmm. So in the first opening weekend, the Big Ten went undefeated against some really tough competitors, both in the ACC and other conferences. Um, and so I think the Big Ten is going to make some big noise this year. And every game that we have is going to be a fight. And I think this team is really excited about that and energized about that challenge. Um, but no question, it's it's going to be a tough conference uh, conference season this year. It's funny you say that, and I'll wrap it up on this, because when I talk to other coaches across all sports, and you probably have the same thing talking whether it was when you were here as a player or now back as a coach, everyone says the Big Ten, what makes it unique is how tough and physical it is, no matter what. I think it's a the blue-collar attitude, the Midwest attitude that comes with the Big Ten. And that's what's unique about this conference. And I think the other thing that almost goes hand-in-hand with that is no matter who you're playing, even if it's a team that maybe is projected to finish near the bottom of the league or typically isn't as strong of a program as some of the top teams, you see this in football, basketball, whatever, field hockey, soccer, those teams compared to other leagues, no matter what, you know you still have to show up and play. There are no gimmies in the Big Ten. That's what makes the conference unique. Yeah, and um, I think that's what's going to be, you know, that's always been what sets it apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting, I feel like, um, you know, the top 20 in field hockey um, has continued to just really, like, really good. And that's just another, yeah, another layer of the Big Ten that, wow, there's they're playing some really good hockey, but that physicality remains. 
Um, and that that's fun to see because I think that is part of like the ingrained culture of the Big Ten, that blue collar mentality um, and also that competitiveness. Um, so that's, it, it's cool. It's just this cool combination as we see, you know, field hockey specifically, um, I think start to, you know, continue to improve and get more, more and more refined, I guess. And I just bring that up because I think people from the outside don't often understand or appreciate the depth and the competitiveness uh, of the Big Ten sometimes. But Laura, I know you got to run. This was fun to catch up. It's great to see you back on campus. And uh, hopefully you can go find some of those favorite restaurants and, and other spots again in State College now that you're back. For sure. For sure. I really appreciate it. It's so nice talking to you this morning. Laura, thanks. Have a good one. Laura Gebhardt, our guest this week on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, make sure you rate and subscribe to our podcast wherever you may be listening. We'll talk to you next time on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics.